Welcome to the Business Rehab Podcast, where bold strategies meet fearless mindsets. Hey, y'all. I'm Gretchen, your go-to life and mindset strategist. With over 20 years of combined business experience, we're here to guide you through the highs and the lows of being an entrepreneur. And I'm Shelby, your resident business and marketing strategist. Brace yourselves because this podcast is the real deal. No filters, no edits, just honest conversations about the entrepreneur roller coaster. And we're bringing the laughter too. This is not another boring business podcast. Get ready to revitalize your business and reignite your passion. Welcome to the Business Rehab Podcast. Hey, Gretchen, remember that one time when we both flew to a business conference in Charleston, South Carolina? And at the time lived an hour away from each other, but didn't meet until weeks after the conference ended in a Facebook group. I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to tell everybody how we met. So Shelby and I both attended this conference in Charleston and um, we didn't know each other then. There was some sort of attendees Facebook group that later on everybody was all fired up and they're like, hey, does anybody live in Arkansas? And Shelby and I connected through that one post and started sending each other messages. She joined a program that I had, a mastermind program. Then after that, I joined a program that she had. And then she came to a retreat that I hosted. And we got to talking about all the human design stuff that was coming out at the time. And we just hit it off, right? And so we decided that... If we took what she was doing in her programs and I took what I was doing in my programs, we could become the coach that we had been looking for. And remember, we were talking about how um, we could find the business strategist or we could find the mindset coach, but we couldn't find it all encompassing. Remember? like, Yeah, for sure. I feel like our, our strengths like really partner well together. So um like I've been in business programs before and it was all business and everybody was exhausted and burnt out and they might have had money but like their life was going to shit mm-hmm. and um and I think like a lot of what you were doing you know is the life and mindset coaching and so we're like hey what if we partnered these two things together because it's so necessary for and we both serve like the same audience, right? Which is like female entrepreneurs. So we wanted to really give them like more or less like a whole, a whole life experience in a program. Right. So like we created the unapologetic woman retreats where we definitely dissect your business and we see what's working and what's not working, but also we deal with all of that shit that comes up in your brain that's trying to talk you out of things and talk you into doing busy work instead of actually being productive and all of that. And so it's been really amazing just to watch how these women have been growing. And then we decided to turn it into, let's do a mastermind. Let's do 12 months with these women and watch them grow and debunk all the myths that they have learned so far through trying to follow all the coaches online and do what they're doing, but that doesn't feel like who they are and that kind of thing. So it has been so fun. So Shelby, why don't you just tell everyone your business journey for now? And then I'll talk about ours. Cause that's the other thing is that we were struggling to find coaches who actually own successful businesses that weren't their coaching business right now. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's something like I like I think we both still struggle with because you see it so much online mm-hmm. is that when the 2020 uh pandemic hit, I think a lot of people came into the online space thinking like, "Oh, I can just take my I can just start a business or I can be a coach because this like coaching bubble was like burst, bursting, right? And um a lot of people came in as generalists because they didn't have a specialty because they'd never owned a business before. So you had a lot of people that came in that were like, I'm going to be a life coach or I'm going to be a business coach or I um I like social media so I'm going to be a marketing coach. Mm-hmm. But um in the process of that none of them had ever owned a business before. Um and I think that that is a very damaging thing to the industry as a whole and you I mean you see the I mean, we see the like the byproduct of that every day, right? With people coming to mm-hmm. us, even just being like, oh my gosh, I feel like I got gypped in this way, or I feel like I was misled down directions. Like there's a lot of fundamental business pieces that Gretchen and I both know because we both built actual real life service-based businesses before ever going into coaching. So to give you kind of a backstory of myself, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home. My parents were, um, my mom and stepdad at the time were were both entrepreneurs and owned several different businesses my whole life on and off. Um, my dad is a teacher. So I feel like um, also in that my mom was a pastor. So um, she's an entrepreneur and a pastor. So I feel like I... <laughs> I laugh all the time because I, you know, as a child, you kind of resist those things. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, that is totally my gift is like teaching and and truly like uh, I think getting people going sometimes like motivationally. Um, So I watched my parents start businesses. In fact, my mom like truly conditioned me to be an entrepreneur in the sense that like if I wanted money, she was like, hey, here's what you can do to go make money. And, And oftentimes it wasn't in going and getting a job working for somebody else. It was like, go make these things and go make pens with flowers on them and walk into doctor's offices and ask if they want to buy the pens. Or I would like, you know, make my Barbies look weird or cuter and give them haircuts and stuff and sell them to the kids (laughs) um, walking like in the neighborhood. Or I had, you know, I was the lemonade stand girl. So all of that. And I feel like I was kind of, it was always like etched in my DNA to be an entrepreneur. Um, And then when I, I had my daughter when I was 24. um, And soon after that, I started my business because I realized as soon as I held her in my arms, I was like, there's absolutely no way I can give her back to somebody else while I go to work. Um, I think a lot of moms can resonate with that. You're just like, wait, am I I'm supposed to just like give her back? Like to I'm supposed to give her to somebody and then like leave for the whole day? That just seemed asinine to me at the time. So I decided to take what I was just naturally good at without knowing if it was gonna work or not, which was marketing. Um, and again, like growing up with parents with businesses and watching the back end and how they got leads, how they got people. Um, new customers, how they marketed their businesses. I really always took an interest in that. And so I, um, you know, if you are a kid who who had entrepreneur parents too, you can probably resonate with this, that you are doing odd jobs in a business probably early on. And so those are just some of the things. And um, 
I, I decided to take that existing skill set and make it into a business. Um, and at the time I was going back to college to be a speech pathologist and I could not afford my next semester of t- tuition. And I knew that I could go get more student loans, but I was watching that number crawl up and I was getting really fearful. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to owe so much money at the end of this that, um, you know, I'm going to graduate with a master's degree and then I'm going to be paying off my degree degrees for like years to come because I'm going to have to rack up so much. And I wasn't even in, uh, I was still working on my bachelor's degree at the time. So all of that to say, I was like, I need to do something. I started my business to be able to, my like short-term goal was truly like, I just want to pay my next semester of tuition. And I started to have so much fun because I started to get some clients and I realized like, oh my gosh, I love marketing. I love helping these businesses. And the first year of my business, I didn't quit it after I could afford tuition. Uh, what I did realize was that I was making more in that first year than I would have would have with a master's degree as a speech pathologist working in a hospital or a school anywhere. Um, I would I made more. So I was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm having so much fun with this. And, um, it's so fulfilling. So I quit school. And so I've been full in since then. And then I had another daughter in 2018. So I have two daughters. Um, and that's kind of just like the short condensed version of kind of my, how my business started. How about you, Gretchen? So mine is wildly different. Um, I had a baby when I was 18, right out of college. And I mean, right out of high school, I, had a scholarship to a state college here and couldn't do that because I decided to have Morgan, but I did try to go to college and about a semester and a half in, I couldn't do it anymore because I had to pay for full-time daycare and I couldn't go to work part-time, go to school full-time and pay for full-time daycare. So I dropped out and I took on, I worked at a doctor's office for a lot of years and I would go babysit for the drug reps and take Morgan with me because he was like an extra fun thing for the kids while I did all the babysitting things. And um, then I met Daniel in 2002, my husband, and he was working for a big name security company provider at the time, like security systems. And something happened in the person's business that he was working in with, I know now with the IRS where they moved him from being an employee to a subcontractor and it exposed him to working for several different larger companies and even some local companies. And he had this realization like, why am I making all of this money for them when we can be making this money for ourselves? Because he was seeing the invoices and that kind of thing. He also had the forethought to think of like these missing needs. He would have people when he was on jobs say, oh, can you put these speakers in for me too while you're here? Or can you hang this TV? And so he decided that we would start our own company. But what we would do is instead of just being a security system provider, we would do everything low voltage. So we do home theater. We do, we hang your TVs. We do all through your house sound systems. We do home automation. In fact, our best year of business was the first year of the pandemic because the government checks went out and everyone bought a TV because they were going to be stuck at home or they wanted a new security system because their kids were going to be at home or they wanted to, because we could only socially distance outside. 
they wanted to beef up their sound system and their TVs outside so that they could have people come over and that kind of thing. So it just has been a wild ride. It is not easy. My kids were 14 and four when we started the company. So we went from having, you know, consistent paychecks to when's the next money coming. And I worked at the time for a financial firm. I was a branch office administrator and it was one of my friends who hired me. And so he let me go part-time. He was so excited. We were opening our company. And then I went very part-time just so that I could keep my health insurance because when you're in an employee mindset, the things that matter are the things that matter. And then I just had some realization when it was just too much because I was going to work a few days a week. And then on the other days, I was trying to catch up in my business where I was like, if we just sold one more security system a month, I could pay for health insurance. But it took me six months to make the damn phone call to ask how much health insurance was. So from there, I quit and we've been doing this ever since. We've had several employees. We've won lots of awards. Like we are literally a local service-based business. And so I feel like that is like what you were saying. Like we didn't know anybody in business at the time or who owned a business. We were given some yeah. advice from people, but we didn't have people. We did, I didn't watch that growing up, but now my kids have. And it has been a gift for me to watch what they've taken from us because from the struggles and from the wins. Absolutely. You learned so stinking much. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about some like random ass things we have in common. <laughs> okay. So when you meet your friend that only lives an hour away, but you went to the same conference and you finally get together, you realize that you have a birthmark in the same place on the same left shoulder that looks exactly alike. It's so weird. It's and so we also have both have a butterfly tattoo on our back. I'm not sure if I'm proud of that or <laughs> I don't know either, but we did not to clarify. We did not get them together. We both got right. them separately and realized it. Uh, <laughs> we're also both Aquariuses if you're into astrology and we both have um, we both have interracial families mm -hmm. and we both have two kids. I have two boys. Well, men, they're 27 and 18 and I am a brand new empty nester. Not sure how I feel about that yet because it's only day 77 and <laughs> Shelby, <laughs> not that I'm counting. Shelby's got two beautiful girls that are five and seven and we are both Enneagram thinking types, which also can lead to overthinking types if we let it go too far. And then, yeah. so we started coaching and consulting other female business owners for a few different reasons. And I think it's so interesting because it's the same, but so different. Um, yeah. In my business journey, we hit like this weird, I guess, plateau. I don't know how else you would save it, but I hit a wall and I couldn't figure out why we were not moving along like the other businesses in our area. And someone had gifted me the book, You're a Badass at Making Money. And it was the first personal development book I had ever read. And it was about money. So it was real um, triggering for me. I didn't realize I had triggers around money, but I did. Um, but it also empowered me because it was the first time anyone had ever said I could be rich. And I'm listening to an audible and I'm like, oh, my God, holy shit. I need to tell every single person I know about this book, except <laughs> that not every single person really needed it or wanted it. They were fine. So I put together a group of women who either were where I wanted to be or maybe on their way or were living fearless and formed a little mastermind group. And then we went from that to making it a business because people were noticing changes in us. And then as our 
200 students were growing over time. We also, the four of us that were in business together, grew at the same rate. And so we decided to kind of call it quits on that program and go pursue other things in each of our lanes of life and business. And then I had people requesting one-on-one coaching with me. So I was taking one-on-one coaching clients and it was mindset. It was mostly business owners anyway. And just the crap that comes up in your head that's lies and helping people work through that. And then I started creating just little programs on what I knew the most about. And I had lots of book clubs and things like that, just because I love, love, love to bring people together in community, but also where they learn things and they get these instant wins or these aha moments. And I feel like it's what I was put on this planet to do. Like everything has led to here and this is what I'm here to do. Yeah, I really feel like you're like God-given gift is to create communities and like foster them. Like you're so freaking good at it. So thanks. Uh, I think a lot of people so try. Much. I think a lot of people try and they know like how important it is, especially in business that you want to build like this cult like following and brand and community. Um, but uh, but there is there are and this is my opinion at this moment. So it could change next week. So we'll <laughs> you know we'll see. But my opinion is that like not everybody is is uh called to that right like i feel like you can work at it and you can learn the you can learn it but it still is going to feel not natural and i just feel like it comes so naturally to you thank you well i feel like what happens is it was happening before i realized that's what i was good at yeah and so like when i can look back when you say that to me because you've said that to me before or other people said it to me like one of my favorite things about our retreats or the mastermind program is that we're inviting these people in but then they go on to be friends together and support each other together and if they're not including me in the group chat it does not hurt my feelings because it makes me so excited that we've put people in a room together where they feel safe enough to like go be friends because women yeah. generally are worried about judgment from other women. And so we go in tiptoeing and just barely giving enough. But if you really find a place and people that you can be vulnerable with, you don't realize that you have the same damn birthmark on your same left shoulder. I think that also starts with good leadership, though, because like in our, you know, in our retreats, for instance, we, we very much bear our souls to them. Like Mm -hmm. we, we lead with vulnerability, which I think truly gives people the space to then feel safe enough to bear their own souls and get rid of the shit that they feel like they have to keep hidden and in secret and quiet because no one will love that part of them or it's too shameful or embarrassing. And it's like, no, we all have shit. Just share it and you'll feel better. And then we can laugh about it. And then we're just throwing it all here. Let me unroll the carpet of my entire life and everything that went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. You know? Um, my journey is a little bit different in that, um, I did not start a, uh, in, in a group of, in a mastermind, I didn't start a mastermind at first. Um, I, well, I think this is, I started working with many seven and eight figure business owners, uh, running their paid ads and lead generation being in charge of their like lead generation strategy. And they're kind of growing that side of their business. And because of that, I got the backstage pass of what was going on behind the curtain of the businesses. So I got to see all their systems and processes, all of their 
like high level strategies, what they paid all of the bajillion dollar experts to learn, right? I, I got to see all of it and how it worked and the numbers and the metrics and I the machines moving in the back end. I got really access to that um, fairly early in my business because of just the industry I chose to, to work in and the type of clients I chose to serve. And I always say like, I, even sometimes when I think about it, I start to get a little emotional because, um, that truly was one of the keys to my rapid success. Um, and I say that because I would not have been able to pay the people that hired me for mentorship. Like they could afford Mm -hmm. me, but I don't think I could have ever, especially at that time, at that time, I could not have afforded uh, mentorship. And it's not that I was getting mentored by them, but it was like um, more or less like, here's, here's the, like the curtain is being peeled back and now go explore how this all runs behind the curtain. And I got access to that. And so that was such a huge gift to me because again, I got, I figured things out and as someone who often like, you know, uh, I'm an Enneagram seven or seven, I'm an Enneagram five. Um, and, and I oftentimes research things like that is my thing. And so I took full advantage of that and learning from these people. And so what I realized that one of the biggest things was like, gosh, um, it, it came to me like, I wish that more people had access to this kind of information. Like I got gifted this, right? And I feel like if I could it, if I could utilize this information or repackage it up in a maybe a more simple, more digestible way and give it access to um, other female business owners that are scaling from six to seven figures or desire to um, scale, you know, to multiple high six figures or more, um, that don't have access to mentors, like the ones I worked with, gosh, like how powerful would that be that we're all kind of lifting each other up? And that was really how I got into this. It was just like, how can I share all of this knowledge? Because it's awesome that I have it and I can talk all day about it, but I wanted to help more people with it. Does that make sense? Yes. I was just about to say, I remember when we first started talking, like I should have pulled those messages up on Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, oh my God, like that's what you do for a living. You just run people's ads. But now that I've worked with you for so long and known you so long and been on the other side with you when you're talking to clients and that kind of thing, I'm like, well, that's a different type of conversation. Like you're having high level conversations with high level business owners that do not have time to fuck around and find out. They have got to know right now what you're going to produce for them and you have to know off of the top of your head immediately when you're doing calls with them or whenever something comes up and it is so impressive to me because I am 46 years old and getting into Facebook ads today would not suit me because I don't want to do the research so I think it's fantastic that there's people like you that have done the research and I can be like here's my money can you just make that work for me it's like a financial advisor right like Here, just take this money, make it work for me. And then I'm going to show up to the thing that we're selling. Yeah. I think there's like a lot of, it's very much like being a financial manager because, uh, you know, I am managing people's finances. Right. Um, or in, and so you think like you're managing all of that money at once. And and with that comes, uh, you know, like, like you said, like 
people don't want to fuck around. And so you have, you start to build thick skin. That's like a whole other episode we could go down, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll make an episode about this later, but about more or less like, uh, I would think those security would be the same, right? Yeah. Like people mm-hmm. don't want to fuck around. Like you're, their families are at like, you know, at stake here, like their safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think money is tied to people's, um, feeling of safety often. So, yeah. um, but yeah, like you, I grew, I had to get thick skin really quickly and I had to be, realize like, I have to know what the hell I'm talking about because, um, you know, when, when people inevitably will be like combative or, or they're, and it's not even that it's more or less like people just being in business more direct, but maybe, um, I like direct. It's more, it's rude. Mm-hmm. It's rude. Um, but it's, it's time rude. effective. Like it's time effective. They it's know what they want. Yeah. yeah. And then you're able to, what I love is then you bring that into our containers and you're like, listen, I have million dollar business owners and these are the things they're doing in their business. If you are brave enough, if you can just be brave enough to think that you could be them and make this little move in ads or in branding or in messaging or in sales or whatever it is. And then you just are kind of giving them permission to like, be like, okay, I can take one step towards becoming that seven figure business owner. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. um, here are some surprising things that people find out about us when they're working with us. So we kind of like an <laughs> FAQ, if you will. The first one is how tall we are. I am five feet tall. So every time someone shows up to see me in person, they're like, dang, you're way shorter than I thought you would be. And Shelby, how tall are you? I'm five nine. Uh huh. So when we do pictures, they're always like, dang, you're way taller than I thought you would be. Because of Zoom, I don't know. But it's so funny because then when we do pictures together, I'm standing on like an Apple box and Shelby's got no shoes on. (laughs) Yeah, that is, uh, that's a true story. Like, in fact, our podcast graphic was a lot of many of them were used with the, those boxes. That's I right. think I, it's always funny to ask people to like, how tall did you think I was? Yes, and I love so random. Like, I thought you were going to be like five six. Uh-huh. They come I in the door and they're like, "Whoa, you're really short, you're way really shorter!" Short. And oh, you're so tall. And Shelby's always got on her hooker heels too, like you know. And then we, <laughs> by the end of the time, we're flat footed and. I could be like at her elbow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the other thing is we're 15 years apart. So Shelby's 31. I'm 46. And they find it often strange that like, how do you work together when you're in two different stages of life and when you're this? And it just goes back to we are women. We are moms. We are business owners. We are driven. Like whatever that thing is that you have in common, it supersedes everything else. You would not know that we are 15 years apart if you were just hanging out with us because we are both watching the same trash TV. We are both watching this, reading the same stuff. We're sharing with each other all the time. We are on Voxer 100% of our day. In fact, our husbands would like us to put that away sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I think too, like you realize how much more in common you have with people, um, with other women than, than you don't when you just allow yourself to open up. Mm Mm-hmm. I also am really grateful to have you because you keep me on trend with (laughs) makeup and 
eyebrows and clothing and everything else. So it's super fun. But I also love that you will like message me and be like, what did you do when your kids were five? And this is the thing that happened. And I'm able to be like, oh, I remember when I ran a business and had a five-year-old. Sorry, here's how it is. But it's very temporary. Yeah, that is like so nice to have. Um, (laughs) I was going to say, you're saying on trend and I'm like, probably some of that is from having boys too, right? Because they're just like, they just want to wear wear Nike. I have to ask the girlfriends. Yeah. Because my kids are like, literally I left, we went to the pool yesterday. My mom was, my daughter, my oldest, who is only seven, looks at me and I had eyeliner and mascara on and she goes, mom, look at me. You are going to look like a clown if you get in the water. And I was like, it's going to be fine. She was like, you're going to be so embarrassing. You need to bring wipes. And I was fine, Eliza. My kids are always like, if I have on a dress, like, why are you so fancy? Where are you going? Why are you so fancy? (laughs) That is too funny. Um, Something I, I kind of brought this up the other day and we were both like, oh my gosh, yes, so much. I feel like this goes back to why we are like, the both of us together are like two puzzle pieces that fit perfectly together that make up the perfect coach or mentor or or consultant for your business and life. Um, because I was like, realistically, like our roles look like I'm like the pastor and you're the counselor. <laughs> like I'm the one that's like, da da da. And then you're like, okay, so we talked to you about doing these things. Why aren't you doing them? Let's mm-hmm. unpack that. And I think you, um, this is something I realized actually recently as well, is that like my gift isn't so much holding space for people and, um, not that I can't handle emotion and all of that. Like I certainly can sit there and like, listen, but my gift, that's not my gift. That is 100% your gift. And if it was me by myself, I would be like, buck up, buttercup. What do you not want about enough? Like, you know, that's just, that is my more natural inclination is to just kind of like motivate and push you. And I think um, we're both so practical as coaches and, and mentors and consultants, mm-hmm. right? Like we're very practical in the sense that we're not going to give you like, feel it out and just let it flow. Like we're going to be like, try these three things and get back to me and tell me how they worked. Um, because like, you don't need to oftentimes people get into an overthinking cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I think we're both really practical in that sense, but you are very good at listening and then giving really practical guided, um, a guided path for someone. So it's not like, I think a lot of life and mindset coaches and stuff, it's very like, what do you feel? Mm -hmm. You know? And I feel like you're just like, I don't know. I, I love that. And that's why we like fit so well together. I love it too. And I think it's funny because it is, it's like you're like full on sermon. This is what you need to do in your business. And then I'm coming in going, wait, why do you have that look on your face? Literally every mastermind call call is like, Gretchen's like, when Shelby said this, you made a weird look on your face. You want to talk about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So when she said that, it just triggered. Right. I'm so afraid. Well, when I was eight. Uh, my dad used to say that, you know, and then it goes into like, which is so, I think it's so helpful though, because you feel like you're, you're, if we're all on a path or a journey, it's like your roadblocks 
um, when you hit those walls, like it's like Gretchen's there right at the wall, like helping the, the wall disintegrate in front of you. And then yeah. like, and then I'm like, now fucking run, you know, like, <laughs> and then you're like, and then they hit the next wall and we're like, okay, great. Go talk to Gretchen, you know, and then, <laughs> like, that's how we work a lot of times. Um, yeah, it's like it. a really basic level, but um, yeah. yeah, I love it. And another thing, because you're going to hear a lot of Enneagram talk, um, is that I'm an Enneagram six and I have a five wing and Shelby is an Enneagram five and she has a six wing, right? Um, yes, I do. Yes. And, but we were both mistyped from taking the test in stress several times. And we'll be talking about that a little bit more later, but we think that it, people are very surprised to know that we're not Enneagram one or three or eight, which are really kind of the achieving type ones or because we've been so successful in business and that kind of thing. But it's been interesting to like learn, relearn each other a little bit, knowing our Enneagram types. So I love it. Yeah, me too. Hey, Gretchen, do you remember that one time when we watched several women we coach lose themselves completely and also revenue? They lost a lot of revenue in the like woo-woo rabbit hole. Wait, that's for next week. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Business Rehab Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at My Business Rehab and DM us the word Enneagram. And we will give you access to our exclusive training on how to leverage your personality for business success. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you love today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. See you next time. Bye. Bye. go here i go coming i can't ever stop i'm a tour de force running get me to the top i don't need an invitation i'm about to start a celebration let me